Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We hope this week's message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word together. Our mission at Reach is to see lives changed by Christ together in community by loving God, loving people, and reaching our world. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com. with God, uh, so goes our relationship with everything else in our life. 
Uh, it is the one thing, if, if you're struggling in an area of your life, the first area that you need to fix is your relationship with God, because it will help all the other areas. If you're struggling in your marriage, yes, work on your marriage, but you personally work on this idea of surrendering to Jesus, because Jesus will make you the husband or wife um, that you need to be. When we feel, fail to live surrendered, we get in trouble um, and it works through every single piece of our life. So before we get into our first verse, let me pray. Father, uh, I'm not immune to any of the words that are getting ready to be taught uh, today. Lord, we want to be people that reflect you, and the only way that we reflect you is being doers of what you say. Lord, we... Uh, we declare here at this church that it is not by our works that we are saved. We are saved by grace alone. But it is what we do that shows who we are. So, Lord, I pray that our demonstration of our faith would be living out your word. So as we read the word today, Lord, I pray that you would motivate us to put ourselves before your word and let your word lead us to life and life. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today I've got a, a few last verses. Uh, last week um, we had a ton. I think we were um, through nine, 18 verses. I got a little less than that today. Um, but verse 19 starts off with, Know this. Remember, last week we talked about this idea of God testing our faith. Um, Consider it all joy or count it all joy, my brothers, who face trials of many a kind. Because it is through those that you are steadfast, like through those that you become whole and complete, lacking in nothing. So he told us all these things, and then he's going to put us up to what we need to put ourselves up to, which is his word. He says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Quick to hear. So some of us uh, struggle with that. I'm a, uh, if, you, if you understand what these are, uh, most people in this room are in one of two categories. You're either a verbalizer or internal. So a verbalizer is we, we process everything with our mouth. We just say a bunch of stuff. That's me. I say way too much, uh, which I'm going to quote one of my favorite verses here in just a second that deals with that directly. But I, I process things out, out loud, out of my mouth. I just talk. Sometimes that's how I process. My wife, on the other hand, is not like that. She's an internalizer. Um, she has to take what's going on inside and think about it before she ever lets words out, which is really a smart way to live, uh, coming from me. So some of you are like sitting next to your spouse going, yeah, 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 you need to be slow, slow to speak. Quick to hear. I heard this, and you've heard this before. That's why God gave us one mouth and two ears. Yes, probably we should take that even down more and uh, talk less. Uh, listen to this in Matthew 12, verse 36. It says, I tell you, on that day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. 
condemn. Words are a very powerful thing. Some of us in this room have wounds so deep in our life that we don't even know what to do with them or how to fix them because of words spoken to you. Like, I, I have um, broken things with me because of words spoken over me in, like, middle school. Uh, if you ever wonder why I work out and why I do these stupid things like 75 hard, it's because of middle school. It's because, and I was not a... a large kid, but I was a chubby kid, um, and I have nicknames, and I've, I've said this before, um, so you may know this already, but like when I was in middle school, my nicknames were uh, Beeper and Pillsbury Doughboy. Pillsbury Doughboy, and so like literally I would have people come up and poke me in my stomach, and for those that remember Pillsbury Doughboy, he was this character that would come and try to sell their... You see what I'm saying? <laughs> he was so cute, and they wanted to poke him in his belly, and he thought it was funny. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't think it was funny. I didn't like it at all. But things in our life, this is why words are so important. This is why when we're hearing this, when he's saying be quick to hear and slow to speak. And so I don't get an out because I'm a verbalizer to just go, well, that's the way I am. That's the way God made me. Uh, no, God made me uh, with the ability, um, one of the fruits of the Spirit, which I'm going to get into all of them, is self-control. So to say that like it's just who I am um, is really a slap in the face of those that love you. Because you're saying, and this is going to be painful, and I'm speaking to myself, so don't feel like, man, he is just beating me up. You're saying to them, if it's just who I am, that I don't care enough to work on me to change the thing that hurts you. And I'm telling you what, like this is a, I've been married for 25 years, and this is a work. She's, she's working in kids ministry. So she's, I think sometimes we have this young family that's coming to our church, and my wife serves in lots of capacities in our church, and she's not always sitting up here in the front. And there were several weeks that they were here, and they're like, we've never seen your wife. I am married. Um, she's not mad at me. She's, if you checked in a kid this morning, uh, she was the lovely blonde that was standing there at the counter checking in. At least she was when she got there. And so if you if you met another blonde right there, that's not my wife. I'm sorry, I just confused you. But like our words have power. What we say with our mouth is important. And that means we need to, and like this is one word, so we're going through this whole thing, this whole idea of what it means to be doers of the word. And he starts here with saying, hey, we need to learn to listen, and we need to be slow to speak. And let me just tell you, um, some of us that grew up in church, we're like, we want righteous anger. There is not many of us in this room that can faithfully get angry without sin. <laughs> righteous anger! Those people, I'm just going to say it, I don't have to say it all the time, those people, when you know the lane's closing, you see the sign, you, you know it's coming, it already told you miles back, and you're like, I'm going to speed fast all of these people. It does everything in my soul to, to not be angry with you and then let you in, because like, I feel like God's like, what is <laughs> Just get in line like I get in line. The only time you ever find me in that lane is because I've, I've accidentally got into it, which has happened a few times. And I always feel like, I'm not going <laughs> What have I done? Your words matter. See, some husbands, 
them in this room that are maybe like me are thinking, well, I just won't speak. And some of you have tried that technique. <laughs> Um, James is not advising you to be silent. James is telling you to be wise with your words. So if you're, if you're, um, you should probably be more silent. But if your end in that is just to not say anything, you're doing just as much damage there. See, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to transform you so that you can use words properly. And remember, for those who are missing it in the beginning of James last week. It says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask for it. Ask for it. And here's a verse I told you. Um, some people, someone in this room needs to write this down and memorize it. But Proverbs 10:19, it says, when words are many, transgressions or sin is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. There you go. That's for free. You keep that later. Just tuck it in there. Um, the other spouse that, is, that isn't your issue, don't put that memory verse on the mirror and say that you read it. <laughs> verse 21 it says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Notice here, and I'm going I'm to tie this to something Jesus said. He, he gave this story of a, a, a man who demons were set, a demon was released from him, cast out, and the house was swept clean. The demon went out and was like, he got some of his buddies, and he came back to an empty house. See, right, right here it's saying, hey, um, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Set these things apart. There's a part of us that we need to... I'm going to hurt some nice feelings here. There's some things that are going on in your life you just need to say no to. There's some TV shows that you shouldn't watch. And am, am I going to give you a list? No. And if you saw everything I watched, you'd be like, yeah, I work on it. I have horrible convictions about <laughs> Trust me, I have this Holy Spirit. Her name is Jody. Um, and she will constantly be like, no, that's my wife's name. She'd be like, no, that is not, no, no. But some of that we have to put away. And, and let me just tell you, some of what we're allowing in to our minds. And see, if you're, I don't know, does everybody get their screen time like thing today? Does this come to everybody that has an iPhone, if you know what I'm talking about? So mine was up 32% last week. I was down like 38% last week. Up 32%. So we get told how much, and it, you can go down that list and tell how much of what you're what you're watching. They're like, oh man, I was I was on that way too much. <laughs> See, some of you can bring to church and be like, yeah, yeah, my my number one is my Bible app. <laughs> but put away. We have to start with saying it's really hard to with meekness. Work on the implanted word of God to set it aside if we've not set some of these other sides. Some people are going to be like, man, I'm going to get in the word. Well, you have to set some, some things away so that we can allow the word to get in us. So the word meekness tells us that we are to come with the word with a soft, gentle, teachable disposition. Recognizing the authority of God's word and submitting it. And what do you do when you plant something? Again, if you come to my house, I am not a master gardener. 
and I'm going to use illustrations that I don't know, but like I do know that if you plant something, you have to care for it and you have to water it. Uh, in our neighborhood, um, you have to also, also get some mechanism that scares the deer away because they will eat every bit of it. Every bit. So we bought this little box off of Amazon. I don't know if it works yet. I don't have a camera back there to see if it's working, but it makes a noise and flashes light so they won't decimate our garden. But like if you plant something, you have to do something with it. So what this is saying isn't just like, hey, like I'm going to plant all this word. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to read the word. But you have to do something with the word that you're reading. You have to care for it. You have to water it. And this last phrase here says, which is able to save your soul. This verb, save, implies not merely the salvation of your soul, but also the restoration of life. So it's not just like, oh, we want the implanted word so that we can go to heaven one day. It will actually begin to restore things in our lives that are out of whack and out of control. Verse 22, it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Just as a person who has no interest in hearing the word of God is horribly deceiving himself or herself's spiritual condition, so is the person who is content to just to hear and not obey. The most dangerous thing that you can do as a Christian is to come to church on Sunday and listen and do absolutely nothing to you. Amen. See, church is not intended so that you could check off your spiritual to-do list. Like, I've, I've, I've read my devotions this morning. I went to church this week. The church and your word is meant to be placed before you so that you could be changed by it. Be doers of it. Look at this in John 13, verse 17. It says, if you know these things, Blessed are you if you do them. If you know the things that you ought to do and you do them, if you know the Word and you're living it out. And look, there's no one in this room, including me, that is perfectly doing this. Perfection is not what we're... I mean, we're striving for, but it's not our end goal. Because it's not something that we're going to get there. It's something that we're going to continually be blessed by as we walk it out. In verse 23, it says, If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is a, he is a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he, forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Don't judge me on this. This is in our house. This is the mirror that I had. It's not mine. <laughs> not mine. Uh, but I don't care. Even if it is, it works. It, it on here says, you look amazing. You should get a mirror that tells you that you look amazing. But if you wake up in the morning and your hair isn't what it is right now and your face isn't, it, isn't what it is right now, there's no makeup on, you've got like... Dunk in your eye, you might have a drool stain down your mouth. 
Like before I came here, I'm so lazy about shaving. Most of you are like, man, he is always clean shaving. I shave on Sunday mornings every week. I don't, like if you see me Friday, you're like, you're growing a beard. No, I just don't want to shave other than once or twice a week. I do shave my neck and my cheeks so I don't look like a homeless person. Um, but like my son was like, oh, man, you look really old. But, because it is mostly gray. Um, but if you get up in the morning, the intent is that you would go and get before the mirror, please. I mean, some of us have done it. They've just been, we got up too late and we run out of the house and we're not sure what's going on. We didn't have time to look at the mirror. And we notice people are looking at us fine. But we're like, no, no, I'm pretty good. See, what a mirror is. You're to look at it and to do something about it. What it's saying here, if you just read the word, it's like you're getting into the mirror. You're looking at it. You're like, oop, yep, I need to clean that out. I need to, I need to I miss this spot. I need to do this. I've got to do some pimple care or whatever. Face treatment. You know, my, i got to clean this off, whatever. To look at it and do something with it. To read the Word and see the things that are going on in your heart and soul, because that's what happened. If you're, if you're reading the Bible on a regular basis, and there aren't things that are convicting you, then something's wrong. Like, if you're just reading it, because sometimes we'll get into this mode, I get into this mode of like, man, I need to read the Bible, so I'll read the Bible, and then later on in the day, somebody will be like, oh, you know, even Mason, Mason loves to bring up something that was in the one year Bible, and I'm like, Um, But we can just read it to read it because we feel like this is our spiritual thing to do. No, we should look at it. Man, I really messed up my hair. But look at that. You know, you put enough product in there, then you can just write it back. But that's the purpose, that we should be looking into the Word. And when the Word shows us something that our faith and our life doesn't reflect, then the only option is to change us. The problem with what's going on with our world is they've looked into the mirror of the Word and said, I don't like that. I don't think this is what it says. And they change it to fit them. And then they have a... I'm, just, I'm making this up as a goal. And then they have a piece of the Bible that says, you look amazing, even when you don't. Even when you don't. So maybe you should get a mirror that may lie to you because one day you may look amazing and one day... You don't. <laughs> See, this, this idea of looking intently, it, we, we've got to sit long enough. Like, I can't walk by a mirror and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I have to look at it. And I, we're, we have one left. I tell you guys, uh, we, we go through the one-year Bible and encourage people in here, and I give away for free. We have one on our table. I just ordered eight more, so if you're the lucky person that wants one of those today, grab it. They're for free. Uh, all it is is the Bible is split up into a year each day. You'll go to the day, and you'll have a reading from the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Psalm and Proverbs, and within a year, you'll read the entire Bible. Psalms and Proverbs, you'll meet, read multiple times, but the idea... Is it just a group? The idea is to let it change. Look close enough to see the things that need to happen in you. So not talking about your actual mirror at your house. This is a question for you to answer inside of you. Um, when was the last time that you looked, really looked, 
into the mirror of the world? That's the question today, because we cannot be doers of something that we don't see. We cannot do the thing that we don't even know that we should be doing. In verse 25, or 6, it says, If anyone looks, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Uh, I asked uh, Maude, uh, I don't know if you know Maude, Maude's the one that plays, the, mm. I always want to call it a violin, but it's not a violin. Deal. 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 Mm. So close. Um, so Maude, Maude, Maude has a farm, uh, and I asked her to bring me, and she actually brought me a ton. I didn't know, I got a lesson in the hallway earlier. There's lots of things for those that don't have horses or understand bridle, what it says bridle. Um, there's the thing that you put on the horse to get it to do what you want it to do, and there's different variations of this. There's ones that you have a really good horse, and they're going to do what you want them to do, so it is less. There's one that's actually nicer than this one that doesn't cause as much like tension in them to do the thing because they're going to beat it. And there's ones that are even more aggressive. She, she has one that she said, literally, if you pull hard enough, it, the horse will throw itself to the ground. Because it's like, it doesn't like what's going on in its mouth. And you're like, oh, that's so mean. Um, look, God is telling you that you need one of those in your mouth. <laughs> you're like, how dare they do that to the horse? I'm telling you, Jesus, through his half-brother James, is saying, brother, you better put one of these in your own. And, 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 and I think three weeks, we've got a whole section that we're going to talk about this in detail. For a bridle is meant to go into the mouth so that you can control the horse. And you're like, why are we controlling the horses? Because they're at least a burden. They're, they're meant to be ridden and used. And this goes in their mouth. And when you pull on the reins, because it's putting pressure on the roof of their mouth, it's causing them to go. And this is what he's saying should be happening with us through the Word. It is putting that word in our mouth. And when we, be, it's like that Proverbs 10, 19, when, when words are many, sin will abound. We need to think, I've got too many words that are coming out of my mouth. We need to think about the things that are coming out of our mouth. And, and God's saying to us, if this isn't part of what's going on in your life spiritually, then there's something wrong. Some of us are thinking that people are just, they just don't like to hear the truth. Don't elbow anybody, please. <laughs> if people would just like to hear the truth, let me just tell you, most of the time, you're not the person to deliver that truth. Sometimes we're only going to hear that truth from God the Father. Now, there are some people in your life that God's going to put you in their life so that you can show them, so you can speak that truth. But just remember what Matthew said about that speck in your brother's eye. Make sure that you remove the law that's sticking out of yours. And, and this is what James is doing. James is going throughout the whole Bible to place you in front of the Word and saying, what needs to change? i got a group of guys where this is our memory verse for this month, um, or the first part of it. Uh, Matthew 12, 33, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make 
the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. And he's talking specifically to the Pharisees. He says, you brood of vipers. These are, the, these are like the preachers of the day. And Jesus is saying, you brood of vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? Because the whole thing here is saying, hey, an apple tree, guess what it's going to produce? Apples. A fig tree is going to produce figs. Um, the briars um, are not going to produce anything that we want to eat. It's just what it is. And he goes on here. It says, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your mouth is telling everyone around you what you believe. It's telling everyone around you what's in here. And for those that think, no, 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 that's hidden. No, it's, it's coming out. Uh, I found this story. So the uh, great Methodist teacher, preacher, John Wesley, years and years ago, and you're going to be like, what is she talking about? I'm going to explain a little bit. Was once confronted by a very critical woman who said, Mr. Wesley, the strings on your bow tie are way too long. So they wore a bow tie and had little strings that hang down from the bow tie. And, and she didn't like it. She thought they were way too long. And why she was the bow tie police, I do not know. <laughs> Wesley secured a pair of scissors and asked the woman if she would trim them to her liking. And after she did so, Wesley said, Your tongue, madam is an offense to me. It's way too long. Can you please stick it out? I would like to take some off. <laughs> I don't know if that really happened, but that's awesome. I wish I would have the because I'd be like, my tie's perfect, leave me alone. My man, he knew exactly. He got a pair of scissors. Yes, yes, dear. Like, I, I want to make sure that you're comfortable with it. Cut it to the desired length. And as soon as she does it, she thinks, I did it. <laughs> Bam! Oh! Knock out a punch. <laughs> Here's another question for you. What are your words telling others around you about you? Verse 27. It says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans, and widows in their affliction and keep yourself unstained from the world. See, our religion is useless if it does not tame our tongue, move our hearts, and separate us from the world. Anyone who thinks otherwise deceiving himself in his own heart. See, this isn't a checklist. Some of them like, oh, widows and orphans. This is a principal thing. Yes, we need to care for widows and orphans, but he took the most uh, at-risk people of their day. There was no um, Social Security. There was no Medicaid. There was no care for people of those. Like we do built into our system to some extent. I'm not saying it's perfect, but we are trying to, and the government is trying to do some of that stuff. There was none of that. So he picked two of the least privileged people and said, we should care for them. This is true religion. Everybody likes to say, oh, you know, like, my religion is good, my religion is good. The purity of that is, do you care for those underprivileged around you? 
And you keep yourself unstained by the world. To do that, we have to not consume what the world is giving us. And we get a choice. We have a choice what we're going to stream, what we're going to click through. And I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, I know I set up on a stop up, <laughs> the uh, little soapbox, um, and some days, like, I, I am, I've not been on Facebook in two years. Um, I have Instagram and Twitter, and I, I literally, I, I'm waiting for Apple to be like, what's wrong with you? Because, like, I downloaded them onto my phone. Part of them I use for a little uh, side business that I do, and then I delete them off of my phone. Like, not to, I delete, so it's like, I'm, I'm wondering if they're like, is there something wrong with the app, or why are you deleting it and undeleting it over and over again? Because if it's on my phone, like, I'll stream through this thing, and it is a deluge of information, and most of it is garbage. If you're going to leave yourself unstained by the world, you cannot put your mouth to a garden hose, forget a garden hose, to a fire hose of the garbage that's being poured out by our world and not be unstained by it. it just, you just can't. You cannot. I cannot. It is easy to be a very good Pharisee while the world is crying out for a good Samaritan. See, the Pharisees were the ones, they were picking on this, why don't you do this, this, and this? And Jesus gave a story like, who is our neighbor? And the hero of the story is a Samaritan. If you don't know what that means, the Samaritans were like half-breeds. They were not half-breeds, but they were half-Jew. They had, they had done what the Lord told them not to do. They had intermarried with other people groups, and they were tainted in the eyes of the Jewish community, they were, no, stay away from them. They were never the hero of the story that a Jew was telling. Never. And this story, one person is injured on the side of the road and all these religious people walk on by and they don't do anything about it. The Samaritan, the, what normally would be the villain of the story, becomes the hero. And he loves this person that he did not know. He paid for his stay, he left extra money with the innkeeper to care for him while he recovered. He said, if there's any left that this didn't cover, when I come back through, I will pay the difference. Listen to this in 1 John. And this isn't just James. Most of the things that you will hear in James are, are reset over and over again throughout the whole um, New Testament. 1 John Chapter 3, verse 17. It says, But if anyone has the world's good and sees his brother in need and yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love with words and talk, but in deed and truth. I know it is difficult to ride around this community, especially Wilmington, uh, and you see our homeless population is there, and you see this, you feel this, hey, I think one of the, the best things that I've seen uh, a group do, because I, I'm not saying it's always a good idea to give people money. I'll just say that. Um, Chris and Eileen had a, a group, and they uh, made bags that they kept in their car with bottled water, um, food, like granola bars, Band, like things that were practically needed for them, and when they got to a scenario like that, they would be ready, they'd be in their car, and they would hand out 
this little basket or a little paper bag. Um, free idea, you can do that and keep that in your car. Um, but it is our duty as a people of God to see those hurting longing to be helped to help people. To be unstained from the world is to maintain both personal integrity and moral purity. It is to refuse to allow the world to set the standards for our beliefs and our conduct. If we look at the world, most of the problem with us is we've looked at the world and we tell ourselves that we're better than the world, so we're doing all right. The problem is, is God never asked us to look at the world and compare ourselves to the world and then behave better than them. God says, look at me. And be holy as I am holy. Follow me. Deny yourself. And change. So I'm going to go through some questions for you this morning as we close. So the book of James is one wisdom after another, just like Proverbs. So what wisdom are you hearing today? I think one of the most painful things to hear from people after service to me is that was a good sermon. I don't care whether it's a good sermon. What did it do to you? Because I, I want you to leave here and do something with, even if it's one piece, even if, man, you really got convicted about this one thing, then do something about it. One of the reasons why we close in a song at the end of our service is because I believe at this point you've worshipped, you've listened to the Word, and right now there's this critical point when the Holy Spirit had this pivot point in your life that you could go one way or the other. You could be like, I, I, 100%, I need to do this. But we have the other side of us when we walk out of these doors, when we get back on our, in our cars, when we turn back on the radio, when we continue the argument that began on the way here with our significant others, we forget the truths that were poured out in here. I want you, success for me in a message is that God got a hold of something in you and you are willing to submit and surrender that to God and allow Him to change a little bit of it. Because, like, I want in my own life this from God. I know my inconsistencies. I know the pieces of me that need God. And half of the time, I'm over here with my eyes closed, during worship, praying for mercy, praying for grace, praying that God would speak. So what wisdom are you hearing today? One of those could be knowledge without action is useless. If you can quote more Bible than anyone in this room, but your life doesn't reflect the Bible verses that you quote, it doesn't matter. Because no one's going to listen to you. Because the moment your life does not communicate the words that are coming out of your mouth, it doesn't matter because it's not real. It's not effective. It's not purposeful. They don't want it. But when your life, not in perfection, but your life, you're trying to model after the words. Like one of the verses that I was memorizing with the group is Philippians uh, 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything. 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will do what? It will guard your hearts and your mind. And that same thing will have moments for, like, anxiety. I don't know about you, but, like, well, I will quote, I just quoted that Bible verse, so you know that it's inside of me. I have it ready for me. But who who still struggles with anxiety and worry and fear? We were having a discussion with our group, and I was like, okay, okay, well, that sounds like anxiety. What do we do with our anxiety? We pray. We allow God to change it because He doesn't necessarily just free us from that moment. Just like we talked about last week, we count it all joy. He's, he's with us in it. So here's another thing to think as we're going through this Are you preparing yourself for the Word? Not just reading the Word. Like, are you faithful with, with reading the Word on a, uh, a weekly basis? But are you preparing yourself to read? Are you preparing yourself to receive what it's going to say? We, we should prepare our heart before we... One of the reasons in my notes that I have, after the, the intro, is prayer, is because I don't want to begin talking about His Word without praying. We shouldn't open His Word without going, God, You are true. You are good. And I, I want to hear You this morning. Are you receiving it with meekness? Are you allowing its reflection of you to say, okay, well, I'm going to humble myself to what you say instead of trying to change you to me? Are you a doer of the Word? Is there words that you know that you're not doing? Like, I'm not talking about ones you haven't read, so you don't know whether you're doing them, but the words that you have read, are you doing And here's a, a, a test to this. Are you a doer of the word? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Can the people around you see it? And I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about your church people. Because sometimes around church people, we'll try extra hard. Because we're afraid of them judging us and looking down on us. But at home it might be a little different. There's like a, like a church we're going to behave the best. Home, hopefully we're going to behave a little bit better. Work? Some of us have another compartment that's work, and you leave all of the, the, the pieces of Jesus behind, and you go to work. What, what do your co-workers think about Jesus because of you? Especially if they know that you're a believer. And I'm not trying to heap anything on you, but I'm saying our words are powerful, our actions are powerful. Here's another one. What is your tongue telling people? What are your words? And like, I, I gotta say this, and I know I've already brought up social media, but I don't just mean the words that are coming out of your mouth. I'm talking about those words. Or there's something about social media where we like I'm telling you, I've been on chat, like I've been on Twitter sometimes, and like there'll be somebody that'll say something pretty awesome, and I'm like, great. Never look at comments. Never, like, I don't know where, these people would never say these things in front of people. But like, on, somewhere on social media, we're like, I'm about, I'm about to break out some truth. <laughs> Man. 
But what is, what is your tongue and the words that are coming out of your mouth and out of your mind that are getting themselves into print doing? I'm going to invite our, our worship team back up. And here, here's what I want out of this last little section of our time in service. Most likely there's not just one thing that you're like, man, I do need to work on this. Man, I need to do this thing. Invite the Lord into your mess. And I mean that. Some of us are afraid, afraid to invite God in because it is a mess and you're afraid of what he'll think about that mess. Look, he's the one that made himself the one that helps you clean up the mess. He didn't say, I've come into the world to give you life, but I need you to fix everything before I come in and fix the things that need to be Invite him into the mess. And, and maybe your words are not communicating what you believe about Jesus. Maybe you aren't preparing or even in the word. The greatest thing that you can do this week is just open it up. There's so many tools at our disposal right now that we can get in the word and allow it to do that over and over again. Allow it to do the thing in us that changes us. And the, the key here is not just inviting Lord, the Lord into our mess right now. The key is inviting Him into our mess over and over again. Tomorrow morning, the best thing that you can do when, you, when your eyes pop open from a night of sleep, good or bad, is to acknowledge His presence and invite Him into your bed. And say, God, I may mess up lots of things, but I want you to be here with me. I want you to lead and guide If we would begin to look at the Word intently and allow it to change us, we would change our world. We wouldn't have to have classes on marriage. We wouldn't have to have classes on parenting if we would allow ourselves to be submitted and surrendered to God and allowing Him to change us because these things would get better over and over again. So what will you do today? Will it be another day that you know, that's a good message? And an hour from now, somebody's like, oh, what did he talk about? I don't really Just pick one thing. And you have your phones on you. And here and in your phone, there's these things that you can write notes in. Um, I record, before you leave, whether it's a journal or, or your phone, I would, I would make a declaration in writing. This is what I want to do this week. And then, if you want to really do it, show somebody else. Let's pray. God, we need you. Lord, you're happy to walk into our mess. You are happy to walk into Adam and Eve's mess right after. And you've been working in and through your children since then. And you loved our mess so much that you sent your son into it to live the life that we could not so that we could be freed, so that we could have liberty from that sin that entangled us. 
Lord, we want to be people that declare that you're our king. And we want our lives to reflect that, but that will not happen without you. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to convict. We need your Holy Spirit to encourage. We need your Holy Spirit to empower us to step into areas, to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross every day. Lord, I believe right now that the Holy Spirit is talking to people in this room that there's things being brought up to their attention that you're saying, hey, this, this, is, this is what I want you to do this week. This is what I want you to work on. And Lord, I pray that right now that we would look at that and go, oh man, there's something I need to fix. But we would look at that. That's one step closer to freedom. That's one step closer to who you've made me to be. So Lord, let us, with meekness, approach your work. Let us look intently at it. And let us do everything in us to walk with you and walk out that truth. Lord, if there's anyone in this room that they don't know you, Lord, we can't walk with you if we don't know you. Uh, We can't read your word if we're not in it. Lord, if there's anyone in this room that's like, I, I need deliverance. I need help. Jesus, I pray that you would become their help today. Lord, that we would acknowledge our need for you. And that we would lay our life down and pick up yours. So thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, allow James to work in us over these next six Sundays. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Reach Community Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us next Sunday. You can learn more about our mission at reachcommunitychurch.com.